All right, if you are visiting here with us and uh, this is your first time, I hope you can sit back and relax. Uh, my name's Dave Overhold, our, our senior pastor, and uh, I know that uh, I've already met somebody who's uh, moved from online to in-person, so thank you for taking the risk, and uh, I hope we as a community can share the love and welcome and uh, with everybody that walks through our doors. If you are online, and uh, maybe this is even your first time online, I hope you can make this a regular event to come and join us here at Church on the Rock. Uh, I'm excited about what's coming up. We've got a worship event tonight. We've got prayer summit next week. All right, this is so there's no excuse, right? Next week, I give a whole week's notice is, uh, is going to be prayer summit next week. So uh, I love that time when the church gets together and we see God do some great things. So let's pray. Let's jump into God's word. I think this is going to be good. This is going to be fun. And uh, we're going to see God, uh, how God does some neat miracles in and through us. Heavenly Father, you are good to us all the time. Last year we studied your goodness. And, and, and there's layers and layers and layers of it. And we gather together because you ask us to. But we gather together to encourage each other and to spur each other on to love and to good deeds. And, and so we need to do this all the more just as, as the days are just ticking away. Uh, we, we know that there's some people like Mr. Erskine. We, we are all on that, that, that time clock. We only have so many days left. So God, just fill them with eternity. Fill them with you, God. And so we can, we can just enjoy Enjoy the first few moments in heaven when we see you face to face. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Can I just say, I, I know I'm a pastor. I'm supposed to like this, but I love the Bible. I just love the Bible. I love getting it, and especially if I can slow down and just open up God's word and just take it in. It just, it refreshes me. It, it, it gives me insights. Even if I've read a verse like a hundred times, I just love opening God's word. And I know uh, there are so many people that are a little afraid of it. They, they hear preachers that say, the Greek says, and you don't know any Greek, so you go, there's no way I, I can read it. No, it is, it is easy enough for everybody to read. And I know some people, you jump in at the Gospels, which is a great place to start. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you, wanna, if you haven't started reading the Bible yet, pick one of those, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John, and just start to read that. You get to hear the stories of Jesus. I know some of you have been reading the stories of Jesus and, and some of those biblical stories. And then every so often you take a, like a little step into one of the letters. And you go, wow, that's like deep stuff. And it is. It's so deep you can spend the rest of your life trying to figure it out and getting more and more, mining more things from it. So I thought in the summertime, we're going to take some time to, to go deeper in one of the books of the Bible. Instead of a whole book, we're just going to go to one chapter. So we're spending weeks and weeks and weeks just on one chapter of the Bible. That's how wonderfully deep it is. And we're calling this Take Home Truths. And uh, also, this is the best chapter ever. I think it's one of the best chapters in the whole Bible. Uh, you know, who can say it is? So last week we talked about, I am not condemned. I am not condemned. We're going to go over that. And this week, we're going to be talking about, I am free. I am free. Uh, on the way up to Romans chapter 8, we've discovered that the Bible has, it's almost like this, this grand theological book. Uh, the first, first chapter is, God is awesome. 
God is awesome. You just go out to creation and just drink it in, and you see that God is awesome. I love clouds. I don't, it, it's like when I was in grade 10 geography class, my uh, geography teacher gave me an extra credit project if I could take different pictures of different clouds. So I love, you know, altocumulus and nimbocumulus and stratus. And I, you know, so I try to look and take pictures of it all. But every so often in the summertime, I have to stop and just look and go, God. This is beautiful. It's so wonderfully functional and ever-changing. And like God is just awesome. The next couple chapters says this. God is awesome. We are not. <laughs> we are not awesome. We are not awesome. I mean, we have the creation of God in us. We have God, God has made us as amazing and wonderful person, but we're far from, far from perfect. Everyone has fallen short of the glory of God. And the next uh, few chapters talk about this. God loved us and paid our sentence. We, we owe God, and there is justice to be owed. But he loved us so much, he paid our sentence. And then the next couple chapters talking about, well, we receive God's gift through faith, through a Mr. Erskine prayer. I believe, I believe. <laughs> you know, I want to repent. I want to turn away from sin. I just believe in you. I want you, Jesus. He hears every call. Through faith. So the question remains in the middle of the book of Romans uh, is like, okay, so how do you live this life? Once you've stepped into faith, once you've said yes to Jesus, how do you live this? In the first little bit we talked about last week, it goes like in Romans 8.1, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. There is no condemnation. So in other words, some people think being a Christian is feeling guilty. It's like, it's like, okay, I've, I come to church, and, and Dave, if you preach it well, I'll leave from here feeling guilty. <laughs> Can I just say, no, <laughs> no, okay? The idea is, yes, there is guilt, there's sharp guilt over things that we do wrong, but guess what? God does not condemn you. He doesn't push you down. He doesn't say you're a bad, bad person. Once you're in, in Christ, those who are in Christ, we are now forgiven, we're holy, we're free, all that. And so now in God's eyes, as he looks at us, he looks through Jesus' perfection, and now there is no condemnation. You are not a condemned person. You are loved. So the first, how do we live the Christian life is from gratitude. We need to live our life from gratitude, not guilt. I know some people come to church because they feel guilty. Oh, I have to do this. And you know what? Whatever gets you out. No, no, no. The idea is it's not about guilt. It's about I need to be together with God's people to be filled with worship and gratitude to worship him. Well, well, the passage continues, and if you just read Romans chapter, uh, chapter 8, you'll notice the next ca- couple verses are, are harder to understand. So I'm going to slow down and try to help you understand these next few verses, and then we're, we're, we're going to jump into the main focus we have, because we're going to go through this whole chapter of the Bible. First of all, you have to understand the Jewish people. The Jewish people thought they were pretty good because they were the chosen people of God, which is true. God chose them. How? He chose them to be able to give them his commandments. 
And number two, he chose them so his Messiah would actually come through their people. So in general, at that time, the Jewish people were going, yeah, well, we're, we got God. You don't, Gentiles. Ha on you. You don't even know, Gentiles. And there's this kind of attitude. We have the commandments of God. And yet, the book of Romans sort of slows down and says, yes, you are a special people. You are God's people. You have the commandments. But, but can we dial this back a little bit? You, you haven't done them. <laughs> you haven't actually practiced the commandments of God. So I'm going to read to you the next, uh, next uh, few verses. And I'm going to read it in a paraphrase. A paraphrase is one person will take the, the, the Bible and reword it uh, to make it more understanding. So, it, by the way, if you're reading some of the Bible, you go, I, what does that mean? Jump on Bible Gateway. Try another kind. Try a paraphrase. Try different you know, versions to look up and read it. And you'll, you might get some uh, better understanding. But I figure I'll slow down this, this portion so we can try to help understand it. Romans 8, verses 2 to 4. Now, the power of, of the life-giving spirit, the power of the life-giving spirit, and, and, and this power is mine through Christ Jesus, has freed me from the vicious cycle of sin and death. In other words, most people go, oh, I blew it. Oh, I blew it. And a little part of you dies. And a little part of you dies. Oh, I blew it again. Oh, I want to be better. I'm going to try to be better. I blew it. And so there's this cycle of sin and death. Now, we aren't saved from sin's grasp by knowing the commandments of God. Okay, so yeah, you know them. Good. Let's give you more knowledge in your head, which is helpful but not ultimately helpful because you actually got to do it, right? And so, great, we're not actually saved. We're, we're not actually helped by just knowing God's commands. And he says, because we can't and don't keep them. Really, the end goal is to become holy. The end goal is to actually walk in God's character. But God put into effect a different plan to save us, this whole different plan. And here's this whole plan. Instead of giving us more commands to do which we fall and more commands which we do, we can't do it. He's got a whole different plan. Here's his plan. He sent his own son in a human body like ours, except that ours is sinful, and destroyed sin's control over us by giving himself as a sacrifice for our sins. This is an interesting thing. We're saved to heaven, but we're also saved for holy living. And, and so they're both is going on. And so, so on the cross, Jesus paid for my sin, but he also beat the works of the devil. And so now there's no power of sin over us. We're, we'll, we'll get into this. We'll get into this. By giving himself as a sacrifice for our sins. So, so now we can obey God's laws. So now I can actually obey God's laws because I have the power of God in me. If we follow after the Holy Spirit. In other words, you can do this now if you walk in step with the Holy Spirit and no longer obey the old evil nature within us. Okay. So basically, he's telling the Jewish people, you think you, you have an in with God because you know the commands. Well, you don't keep them. Great. You've got the Ten Commandments. One of the Ten Commandments is do not envy. Do not envy. If you have an Instagram account, you envy, okay? We're all in there, right? Wow, why do they get to travel? Why do they have, oh, wow, great. Thanks for telling me you just went around the world. Okay, awesome. I hate my life. Okay, that kind of thing, right? That's in the Ten Commandments, okay? So that, that is just like, just because you, you know something doesn't, doesn't help you. 
The thing is, and, and, and somebody said once that uh, knowing the laws of God, the Old Testament laws, are, uh, they're not useless. They're helpful because now the moral laws of the Old Testament sort of set up what's, 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 you know, what's wrong. Uh, at one point, I was, uh, I was wheeling one of those, those big stacks of chairs around. And they're all stacked up. I, you know, all the good people have put the, the chairs up. And I was wheeling it. And I was trying to get things done quickly. So I was going like crazy. And, and it was getting more, 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 more momentum. And as I, as I walked like this, my heel came up. And the back of the, the truck thing hit my heel. And just like drove it into the ground. I go, oh! I actually fell down. But I didn't want, you know, I don't want sympathy. I'm a man and I can take this. Like, oh, so I saw it hobbled around and uh, kept on saying, it's okay, it's only pain, it's only pain, right? It's only pain, it's only pain. And so I did this only pain for days, and I think it was at least a, a couple weeks. And then the pain didn't go away. So uh, I did what many males rarely do, went to the hospital and got an x-ray. And guess what I discovered? I broke my heel. <laughs> it was, I was fractured. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? Now, now being, having a fractured foot, now I know, you know, I probably should, you know, wrap it up. I shouldn't, like, there, I couldn't get a cast on it. But there's some things I knew to be able to try and make it better. The, the deal is, knowing right and wrong of, of the moral laws is like an x-ray. Now you know what the problem is. It doesn't help you fix the problem. You actually have to do something about the broken heel. And so, God says, listen, I'm going to help you, but you've got to do it in my power. And I'm going to help you, first of all, by, by, by beating the works of the devil, by, by leashing the devils uh, from actually trying to, uh, to destroy you. Uh, I, I think it's uh, one of the better illustrations for this to me is, is, is a leash, putting a leash on a dog. Now, if you are a dog person, I, I love you still. It's good. You're a good person. Um, uh, I, I can, I, I'm to a place right now where I can pet dogs and I can say, oh, aren't you cute? Oh, especially if they're puppies. Aren't they good? Okay, that's the outside voice. The inside voice is, I don't like you. You should not exist. It's those kind of things, right? So I, I'm maybe not a dog person. I had a little bit of trauma when I was uh, six years old. A dog came and bit my mouth, ripped it off, 21 stitches. My mom said my lips were hanging down by my chin as I was, I was going along. So I had a little bit of, you know, a little bit of, you know, things like, and it must be generational sin or something because my daughter got bit in the face by a dog. And uh, she's not here for me to make fun of, but if you see her face, you can tell. No, no, no not, really. not really. So I did. So I, I'm not a big fan of dogs, right? And, and I know when I, I am walking out in the country, because in the country they don't have them on leashes, right? And I'm walking and I hear, woo, 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 woo. I'm going, oh, oh. And then I see them running down. The, the front yard, I'm going, I'm going to die. And I move from, from being afraid to terror. You know, you know where you cross the line, terror? Don't run, Dave, because they know they'll get you. They'll get your ankle, they'll tear you down, and your throat will be out and everything. I need counseling for that. Anyway. But when I'm around a dog on a leash, especially if the person that's holding a leash is bigger than the dog, that helps. They'll go, woo, woo, woo. And, and there, there'll be a, woo. 
right? Because you're not going to touch me because you're on a chain, I hope. A chain, all right? Okay, so, so this, this is what Jesus says. Listen, on the cross, I paid for your sin. But you know what else I did on the cross? I chained up the evil one in your life. It can make a lot of noise in your head, but it has no power over you. It's, it, it, it can only go so far, and it's not going to hurt you. I've chained up the power of the evil one. I, I've, I've done this. So you go, okay, thank you, Dave. Awesome. But how? <laughs> how, how does that work? How does that work? Well, let, uh, I'm going to try and, and get this as practical because Church on the Rock, we are extremely practical about how we're going to do this. Um, he has given me the Holy Spirit. He has given you the Holy Spirit. The moment you say yes to, the, to, to God, he gives you the Holy Spirit. That's why Mr. Erskine said, I believe, I believe, and now he's praying for others. Why is he praying for others? Because he's becoming a... No, he's got the Holy Spirit in him. And the Holy Spirit's changing him from the inside out. That, that's, the, the Spirit comes in and actually helps us. What's it like? What's it like? And some people said it, it's like a GPS unit in you. You know, turn right, turn right. And if you don't, it's like recalculating, recalculating, you know, that kind of thing. Now, uh, many of you don't understand what a map is, all right? Now, now to try and live as, as an, as without the Holy Spirit's help, you're, you're trying to read a map, and you're trying to read a map where there are no street signs, and you are just like lost. My first job in university, University. I went to university in Chicago, and uh, I, I, I found out there I had a car, and, and so I could go and pick up rare books at, at rare bookstores in downtown Chicago. And so I'm a Canadian boy. I have no idea where it is. They gave me a map, no GPS yet, and just say, okay, go and find. So I'm driving down, you know, Eisenhower. I'm ready to go in downtown Chicago. I'm there, and everybody's going, vroom, 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 vroom. nobody lets you in. Nobody is gracious and kind. No one says, I'm sorry. <laughs> Forgive me, all the American viewers. Okay. The, the idea is, uh, oh, I'm trying to read a map. I'm trying. And then, downtown Chicago, like, half the signs are torn down. I, it would take me five hours to try and find one, where one place is. And uh, finally, I thought better of doing that job. This nice little Canadian guy just had way too much stress for that one. The Christian life, without the help of the Holy Spirit, that's what it is. Okay, I've got to do this, got to do this. Oh, where is it? Uh, that makes me so angry. People aren't helping me. Uh, uh. Okay, all that kind of stuff. Reliance on the Holy Spirit is turn right here. Turn right here. Go straight for five miles. That is what the Holy Spirit is like. In fact, it's better than a GPS. It, it, it's like a, a person because God is a person in you. It's like a road rally. I'm not sure if you've seen like clips of road rallies. These little cars going at crazy speed down these little, little roads. And, and there's somebody that has to be nuts just right beside them reading a map. As this like getting all air out of these, and that what they're doing is the next corner, all right? Next corner, right one. And, and, and a one to six is how tight the curve is. And they're reading that facing death. Anyway, so anyway, that's what the Holy Spirit is with us. <laughs> As we go, 
He's telling us where to go, but he's a real person, and we bring him into places. We bring him into places where we might be a little ashamed of, but he comes along with us. That's why it says the Holy Spirit gets grieved. He comes along with us in exciting places when we go and talk to Mr. Erskine. And he says, it's going to be fine. I'm going to give you power. I'm going to help you. We have the person of God with us. God sends us more than a map, better than a GPS. He sends his navigator in our lives. In fact, if you have never said yes to God in an act of faith, if you've just gone to church, if you just think this is about what your parents have believed, you have never by faith come into Christ's family You don't have the Holy Spirit. In fact, Romans 8, 9 says, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they don't belong to Christ. They just don't belong to Christ. That is the mark of how you know if you're a Christian. So how does the the Holy Spirit make us better people? And and here's the section. I've memorized this section. I've, I've digested it. I love it. If you want another verse to memorize, here it is. Romans chapter 8, verses 5 to 8. Here we go. But those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is just death. But the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Can can we just say those two two words? Isn't it awesome? Let's all hear it. Okay, here we go. One, two, three. Life and peace. Isn't that beautiful? To listen to our onboard person that lives in, in us brings us life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It doesn't submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. The flesh is the old life. It's, it's how we used to live. It's, it's the same word in Greek as, as the sarks, as our bodies. Some have wondered if it's just simply uh, highways in our brains. But it's the thing that we do usually. We have habits. We have ingrained patterns. We have things that are so easy. And we have two influencers talking to our minds. We have the flesh that has the strongest megaphone because it's been in there our whole lives talking to us. And now we have the new Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is continually talking just as much as the flesh is talking. It's like there's two radio stations going on. Uh, and, and you can tune into one. In fact, you got a preset on the flesh, okay? And then you got to just like sort of go and find where the Holy Spirit is. But the Holy Spirit is also talking to your mind. And so there's this mind, is this spiritual battlefield. And I know some of you are going to go, did you read the book? Yeah, I read the book. Okay, okay. The the minds steer our emotions. Our minds steer our emotions. Our emotions empower our will. So the battle for the transformation of our lives starts in our minds. Now, we all have mind patterns. And how we've been grown up, how we've been taught. Have you ever been around somebody who's a negative complainer? Isn't it just delightful? (laughs) And do do they know that they're a negative complainer? Do they know it? No. No, they don't. Oh, this happened today, and this happened today. And, and I, I, like, I'm, a, I'm, I'm filled with empathy. Wow, that's tough. That's tough. Wow, that's horrible. And it is. And, and, and we, you know, bad things happen to us, and we need to feel those feelings. But they just keep on going, and, and they go, wow. 
All I can say is that, that, that it's, it's like this sand dune where, where there's been a bucket of water pouring down and it created a little trench. And a second bu- bucket of water came and just made the trench bigger. And a third bucket of water. And so when it rains, guess what? All the rain goes down that one trench of being a negative complainer. How about somebody self-focused? It's just all about themselves. Isn't that awesome? Isn't it so delightful? <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. Great. I, I'm here too. <laughs> wow. That's, just don't see it. How about being around somebody is arrogant. They literally think they're better than other people. Literally. <laughs> okay, don't look at them. Okay, just don't, just don't look at them. Just keep eyes focused up front, okay? <laughs> Many of these patterns are sinful, not helpful. But the Holy Spirit in us, Holy Spirit changes our heart and mind. If you tune into him, if you tune into him. There's, there's, there's two ways I want to tell you how the Holy Spirit does this. Number one, number one, uh, it's almost a bit of a passive uh, way he does this. But the Spirit changes my taste buds. He changes the taste for the things around me. There's two ways he does this. I, I become sick of sin and I start to enjoy God. I become sick of sin and I start to enjoy God. There are two things that change our, our, our spiritual taste buds. Now, uh, when, I was, uh, when I was 13 years old, I went down to visit my sister in Columbia, South America. My family went with us, uh, with me, and, and we, we, we got to enjoy their missionaries in Columbia. It was, it was fun. It was awesome. Uh, and I remember one night, we, we got, to, got to hang out and have banana splits. There's this big ice cream place. It was famous. So we had banana splits. And uh, man, banana splits, three kinds of ice cream, bananas, and sauce on it. So I'm eating away. I'm 13. I'm male 13. I'm just like chocolate away. I can chuck down about five of these, all right? So I'm just like, and there's this one ice cream that's really, it tastes different. It tastes really different. And I remember my mom going, that doesn't taste really good. No, I like that. I'll have that from, from you, okay? And uh, my brother-in-law liked it too. And he, he you know, I thought, hey, I'm going to get my, so we fought over my dad's, you know, part of his ice cream. And, and uh, my sister didn't like it either. So my brother-in-law and I ate it. We didn't know it was bad, that it was actually had food poisoning in it. Later on that night, my brother-in-law and I got to know each other quite well. There's only one toilet in the whole apartment. And uh, we did tag team vomiting just all through the night. We just like beside each other. He's going like that. And I go, I'm not done. And I threw up at least a dozen times. And we just like went back and forth. We thought we were dying. Half the time we hit the toilet, the other half. It was just not good. On our knees. Just, I won't give you any more details. But it was nasty. Nasty. You know what I have not done since that day? Eating a banana split. Why? Because I'm sick of them. I was 13, and that's been at least 10 years. <laughs> I'm, I get sick just seeing a banana split. I get sick of sin. I, uh, I remember hearing a pastor's story. Uh, he used to go to clubs all the time and, and you know, get drunk and have fun with his, his buddies. And uh, he went and accepted Christ. As a savior. And the Holy Spirit moves in. 
And the next club he goes to, he goes, I, I just don't feel comfortable getting drunk anymore. So he said, I'll be the designated driver. So we would drive him to the clubs, but he's just, he said, this isn't the same. He, he just, he hated it. He said, it all changed one day. And I'll tell you how old this, this story is. He's there and everybody's like, like jumping up and down, and they had ACDC on, and they're all like screaming together as one big group. Like, you know, I'm on the highway to hell, right? You know that one, right? N never mind. If you're a certain age, you would not know that song. So as they're all like saying that they're on the highway to hell, it just like, and it's like God like tore back the veil, and he said, they are. They are. They are. This is nothing for you to celebrate. This is nothing for you to be happy about. And he said he lost his taste for sin in, in, in that area. Hmm. It, it happens when the Spirit of God comes in, the taste, you start to get sick of sin. <laughs> I remember I, I, I led somebody to Christ back at the communion table a few years ago. And I remember they came back next week and they go, something's changed in me. I said, what, 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 what's changed? They said, I just went out, there was some parties with some people. Everybody's like getting high and having fun. And it just wasn't fun anymore. I go, isn't that awesome? It's like, you didn't warn me about this. <laughs> you didn't warn me that God would change my taste buds. So I am sick of sin. But that is one of the things that the Spirit does when he's in us. Not only that, on the other side, we start to enjoy God. My dad has this, uh, worked for this printing company. And right beside the printing company, I remember the day this wonderful, you know, this wonderful restaurant opened up. It was the McDonald's, right? It even had golden arches. And I tasted for my first time a Big Mac. And I was in love. Two, two all-beef patties, okay? Like, it was like amazing. The special sauce just, it was like wonderful. And dad, dad, can we like do, you know, go to McDonald's? Yeah, sure. So McDonald's was the height of my enjoyment as a young person. I told you about that trip to uh, Columbia, South America. Well, my, my brother-in-law at one time, he, he said, Let, let's go and try out this restaurant. And, and there you could get food quite cheap. And we went to a very fa fancy restaurant where the wa you know, waiters all drew, you know, had whites and white towels. And they brought the food. And you know when it's, it's expensive when they don't put the plate in front. They take the, the food off of their plate and put it on your plate. You just know that you've reached another level, right? And, and he, he says, I'm going to order for you all. So they put the food. <laughs> little hunk of beef on my plate. He said it was called a filet mignon. The most tender part of a beef and wrapped in bacon. And I remember cutting into it and it just sort of fell apart. And I remember tasting it. It was like, this is like beef flavored butter. Oh, I have never tasted anything so amazing. Big Macs, do not compare. Just do not compare. All right? Big Macs, do not compare. Now, there's a lot of fun that we, you, we, you know, still eat Big Macs. We still enjoy things. We still, you know, go out to, I won't, they're not bad things, right? We play a video game, you know, do Netflix, whatever. They're, they're not bad. They're not evil things. They're, but they're all Big Macs. 
compared to sitting at the feet of Jesus, worshiping him, being filled with him, opening up the word of God, and then go, I like this taste better. First of all, the Spirit comes and changes our taste buds. We become sick of sin and we enjoy God. Finally, the Spirit whispers his way in our ears. We know that our minds, when fixed on the flesh, what that sounds like. We all know what the preset of flesh sounds like, don't we? There's this constant stream of unforgiving, envious, lustful, arrogant thoughts that just keep on going through. They're so stupid. They never talk to me about this. Who do they think they are? They're just so bossy all the time. Why didn't, the last time, they didn't give me the sauce, okay? I'm not going to tip them in any way. We know what all those things sound like, right? That is the flesh. That's the preset of the flesh. And if our minds stay on that radio station, we get death. We just, feel, we just feel gross and ugly. And even if we get others around us that agree with us, we know it's just fleshly. If we pay attention to those, if our mind tuned into those, we become like our former self. Now, the assumption of this passage is that the Spirit has also a constant flow that you can tap into. It's like a Holy Spirit radio station. And so we tune in through prayer. We tune in through prayer. And, and, and this is the prayer I've I've taught many times here. We repeat things, things at Church on the Rock because they're important. <laughs> so here we go. Here's the prayer. What would you have me think? Spirit, because the Spirit, just like our flesh, is constantly ready to talk to us. And so we can talk to him and say, what would you have me think? What would you have me think? And when you stop and ask the Spirit of God that resides in you, you'll notice when thoughts of love and peace, forgiveness, come up in you, you have, that's the distinct taste of God. And when God whispers those things to you, it has so much more power than you trying to do this in your own energy. Because as the passage says, I am free from the power of sin. I, I need your help to do this. Okay, I'm going to give you an illustration. I've told this story before several times. But you know what? I, I can't think of a better illustration. I, I, I practiced this many times. But this is just so much fun. I got to tell the story. Okay, okay. so I'm, I'm at Festival of Friends, uh, you know, eating French fries and... Uh, you know, with my family, we're just, I'm eating French fries and going, oh, this is fine. And somebody, unbeknownst to me, comes behind me and wraps me in, in like a chokehold. I know this is Hamilton, okay? Right. You would expect those things to happen all the time. But this is like, and so I go, yeah, and I don't know who it is. And so guess what? Okay, you know what I do. Okay, I tap. Okay, that you're funny. I tap out, okay? What does tapping out mean? Stop, let go, right? Come on, this is universal language they teach you in the play yard. I don't know. But he just wrenches it up further. So I'm in now. Like, I'm, I'm swinging for anything down around this area. And we fall on the ground and we wrestle and get him in a headlock. And, and then I see who it is. And I go, there's something about, and I'm, I'm embarrassed. I'm in front of people. I'm a pastor having a fight with a person in a Hamilton park. <laughs> at the end of it he comes up he's this this steel worker you know in i, I guess in in steel worker world this is what they do like but in pastor world they don't do it so 
So it goes, oh, that was really funny. I grabbed his hair, pulled it up, and I screamed in his ear, you'll never do that again! Something like that. Now, was that fleshly or spirit? Sometimes it's difficult to discern. So still hopped up on testosterone and, and anger and hate. Uh, that night, I, had, uh, I couldn't get to sleep. I had multiple uh, thoughts and dreams about him. About me uh, sneaking up to him when he comes out of his house and with a baseball bat. No, I can't. I'm a, I'm a pastor. I'm a pastor. Crowbar would be better. No, stop it, Dave. You know how your mind gets around these things, right? And, and it's cycles and cycles and cycles. How do you get off the cycle? Then I remember, oh, yeah, 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 I have the Holy Spirit in me. I'm tuned into the flesh big time. That preset is set. So I asked the question, Spirit of God, what would you have me think? You know, the minute I said that, you know what came into my mind? <laughs> he doesn't have a lot of friends. That's right, he doesn't have a lot of friends. And I knew a bit about his background. He was shuffled from home to home. and Yeah. He doesn't have a lot of social skills, and he just doesn't know how to act around people. Within one second, I'm feeling sorry for the guy. Within two seconds, I pray this. Oh, God, help me see him again so I can apologize. I need to get this right. That is being freed from the power of sin. Spirit of God, what would you have me think? Because I have the navigator on board and he wants to talk to me. He's helped me lose the taste for sin. He's given me a taste for him. But guess what? In my most fleshly times when I'm just like focused on something that is not good, I can easily say, Spirit of God, what would you, you have me think? And then come and stay my mind, push, change the preset and, and focus on what he says and pray what he says. And guess what? Because of that, now the dog is no longer chewing on my leg. It's leashed up because I'm free from the power of sin, but I got to walk with the Holy Spirit to do this. Isn't this exciting stuff that God actually, Jesus, beat the, the works of the devil on the cross so I could be free? Woo! I'm excited. I'm, I'm, I'm excited about that. So we're going to ask our worship team to come on out. Ah, oh, God is good. God is awesome, and quite frankly, we're not. <laughs> But guess what he forgives? Even crazy pastors. You know what? He wants me to live not in a life of condemnation. He wants me to live in a life of gratitude for setting me free. The power of evil is broken. And the spirit whispers his ways in our hearts. So as we get ready to worship, can we just be quiet and bow our heads? And pray, and here's the prayer I want you to pray. Spirit of God, what would you have me think right now? If you're a believer, I believe he'll talk to you. Spirit of God, what would you have me think? Let's spend some time in quiet.
Oh God, my heart is overwhelmed with gratitude. What a person I would be if I didn't have you. Oh my goodness. But you are changing me day by day from the inside out as I walk with your spirit. I pray for myself and for my people, God. Help us to lose the taste for sin. And God, continue to give us a hunger and a taste for you. Help us when we worship right now to experience the taste of beauty and holiness and wonder. And Lord, as we pray to you, God, I pray that you will be able to calm our hearts so we can hear you, sense you, and just want to enjoy you. God, I am free from the power of sin. Lord, help us to walk in that freedom. In Jesus' name, amen.